Welcome to a bonus episode of Character Creation Cast, everyone. I'm thoroughly pleased to be able to bring another Spotlight episode to all of you both this week and next week. First up this week, we'll be sitting down with Bree Sheldon to talk about their game, Turn. But before we get into that, a few standard announcements as usual. First up, I just wanted to thank everyone who helped playtest my game, Chimera, at a Catacon this year. It went over so, so well. I'm especially glad that Richard Kreitzlandry, Dan Chogler, and Paladin Caleb could all play it again this year after having been my very first playtesters at a Catacon in 2017. And speaking of playtests, if you are going to be in the Milwaukee area in January, on January 12th, I'll be at Midwinter Gaming Convention at the Hilton Downtown City Center in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm only planning to be there for one day only, but I do have two playtests planned for that day. So check out the show notes for more information on that, and to sign up if you're interested in playing my game with me at the helm. Next, I wanted to invite all of you to join us on our Discord server, where we talk about all sorts of things from character creation to our own personal projects, to whatever you want to talk about. You can find us at discord.charactercreationcast.com. And lastly, we are still out of reviews. If you could, please head on over to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or our Facebook page to leave us a recommendation or review so we can both feel amazing, but also so others can more easily find our podcast. Plus, we love reading your amazing words on the air here. It's first come, first serve to which reviews we get to read next, so don't delay. And with all of that out of the way, on to the show. Enjoy. To a special bonus episode of Character Creation Spotlight, everyone. In this bonus segment, we'll be shining a light on some current or up-and-coming games to keep an eye out for. I'm your host, Ryan, and today we are welcoming Bree Sheldon to talk about Turn, a slice-of-life supernatural role-playing game created by Bree, set in the modern era. Welcome to Character Creation Spotlight, Bree. It's really great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Bree, could you start us off and tell us a bit about yourself and the projects that you are currently involved in? So my name is Bree. Um, I also go by Bo. Uh, my pronouns are either they, them, or he, him. And um, currently I work on turn the most a bit, I guess. <laughs> uh, but I also run Thoughty Blog, which is a site where I do interviews and game theory and design work as well as doing some freelance work, like I'm a stretch goal for Oren, which just finished up on Kickstarter mm. as well. And um, a whole bunch of my own little things that I'm working on. Uh, but Turn has kind of taken up a lot of the time in my day, I got to admit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that crowdfunding is uh, is definitely a time sink from what I hear. Yeah, yeah it de definitely is. Well, thank you for taking time away to be here with us. 
And uh, normally Amelia would be here to help, but life is quite busy for the both of us at different times lately. So uh, that means that we'll just have me here today with our guest. And since this is an abridged version of our normal format, we'll just be sticking to the highlights of the system with a special focus on character creation. So without further ado, how about we find out what this game is all about? What's in a game? Awesome. Yeah. So Turn is, uh, as you said, a slice of life supernatural game set in the modern era. Mm -hmm. And it is about shapeshifters in small rural towns. Okay. So basically, in in the game, uh, the setting is modern America from 1995 to present. Okay. Um, and we're with the stretch goals expanding into Italy and Germany and uh, the UK and a couple of other places. Oh, very nice. And hopefully, we'll continue to grow as time goes on. <laughs> but it's it's set in these small rural towns. Uh, many of which are what we all know small rural towns to be, which are struggling a little bit and dealing with, you know, life as it comes a bit. Yeah. Um, and you play shapeshifters who have um, superpowers. That's cool. And also have to keep their identity a secret. That or makes not. sense. <laughs> <laughs> That's very cool. So it's basically like uh, almost uh, an urban fantasy. There's this sort of like supernatural side to real life effectively mm -hmm. that's really cool yeah. I like that. yeah and in turn like it's it's got a lot of the same kind of feel but it's a much quieter drama okay. than most uh like urban supernatural stuff yeah um and it also uh one of the things that that tends to be very different is there's like no other magic in the world okay um the only thing that is kind of magical at all, if you choose to have it be magic, because you can set, set up that information on your own, mm -hmm. uh, is the shapeshifters oh, cool. themselves. So it's a it's a very low magic, but feels magic setting mm -hmm. because of the way the, the shapeshifters work. That's really cool. Uh, so a, more of a relaxed game, I'm assuming? That's what it's intended to be. There is stress. Yeah. But um, there's not as much constant crisis as there can be in a lot of like intense, like the urban shadows type, you yeah. know, really big, stressful games. Yeah, that makes sense. Very cool. Uh, so what sort of things do we need to play this game? Um, so really all you need is means to take notes, um, D6s, uh, so six-sided dice, mm -hmm. and... Um, something to record your character sheet on. Like we have character sheets that you can use printed out face to face if you're playing face to face. Mm -hmm. Um but we've also used like Google Docs and stuff. Oh there you go. Just to monitor that. And then a way to mark down the town, which is a huge part of creation of game and character creation. Oh, nice. And that's just a sheet of paper or like a drawings app or something like that where you can draw them the map of the town, which is a map of identity, not of geography. Oh very cool. Yeah, that, I like that. I, I, I believe uh, Descent into Midnight has a mechanic kind of like that for creating the world that you're going to be playing in, creating your home, and uh, a few other games. And I, I really love having that sort of uh, f like visual representation of your your environment, what you and your characters care about. Yeah, and that was really important to me. Town building was actually the first mechanic that was like, stamped done for me yeah. um during the design process and um i've play tested it probably a billion times on my <laughs> own but we've also built a whole bunch of uh 
a bunch of them. If you can't, like, make the time to build a town on your own as part of your play, we do have a one-shot collection that's on the Kickstarter in the first update um, that has some sample towns to play with. Oh, nice. That's very cool. Uh, so what do characters do in this game? Um, mostly they just live their lives, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is kind of an interesting yeah. way to play, I suppose. Um, but it is very slice of life. It's, it's very much everybody is doing their day-to-day thing, dealing with their normal stuff that they have to worry about. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have characters that are doing things like, you know, just trying to take care of an elderly family member mm-hmm. by like, you know, making sure they work yeah. and stuff like that. Or someone is campaigning for mayor um, <laughs> in one of the games. And then also just dealing with the everyday town crises that come along, like, you know, the Founders Day Festival, how we have to plan it and make sure that it's perfect mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Uh, and all the while dealing with everyday stressors, like, you know, the phone call from your family member who wants to know why you haven't visited yet. Yeah. Um, and trying to, like, buy what you need from the grocery store while you're, <laughs> you know, inside of you secretly is a cougar. Mm-hmm. They would really like to not be here. <laughs> um, and also the animal side of it. Yeah. Uh, whenever you play there is a plenty of time as as beasts as well and in that you literally are living a a beast's life and um you have to hunt and you have to you know find shelter and you know deal with like pack politics for you know groups that have animal groups and stuff like that so nice it's it's really I, I absolutely love it because it's it's so much quieter than so many games, but it still can be very like engaging. Yeah, I guess like I'm always super into whenever we play. Like I'm I'm literally playing two separate campaigns and have like two that I'm running at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, like I'm still like, can we play another one? <laughs> if only there was enough time in the week. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I understand that completely. Um, well, what would you say then is, uh, we've, we've got a lot of unique things that, that we've already went over, but what, what would you say is, uh, probably the most unique, uh, aspect of turn? Oh, that's, uh, I guess, I guess it would be probably, um, a bit how the struggles work, um, and, and how actions work in the game. Um, whenever you take action in turn, uh, you succeed at what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you may take a little time to accomplish your task um, and it will have consequences, okay. but you do what you say you're going to do. Oh, nice. And there are not a lot of games that approach it like that. Um, in particular, the way the struggles work in turn, they're like kind of the fictional resolution kind of thing that you roll against. Mm-hmm. And um, whenever you roll against them, you determine your consequences. Oh. So that's the point of the roll, not to see whether you succeed or fail. It's, oh, I like that. It's it's really nice. And it, it, it makes people approach the game a little differently when, like, they can do whatever they want. But, oh, that is a big list of consequences that I can potentially run into. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the more wild the action, does it have, like, more consequences attached to it? or Not really. Um, it's basically... A, a standard, so I, I use a 2d6 plus one die if you take a stress to do your roll. Mm-hmm. And that's like basically you activate kind of the other side of your 
identity to oh, okay. like if you're in beast form you activate your human side yeah. and get that bonus die and it's basically like a, a standard six minus seven to nine ten plus okay. kind of scale but you roll against your uh stats basically um on your opposing side so oh. you have stats for each side there's like a four four point four item stat list okay um for your human sheet and your beast sheet. Okay. And whenever you're in one form and you roll against a struggle, this is when you're struggling with your opposing side. And that's normally when you do the more ridiculous things. Oh, fun. Um, <laughs> it's when they aren't exactly aligned. Yeah. Um, and uh, you you subtract, basically, you like put as a penalty the uh, stat from your opposing side mm-hmm. uh, at the time. And um, it basically like creates this really nice tension between the sides of your identity. Mm-hmm. Like, cause like maybe the beast really like wants to hunt that rabbit and the human's like, uh, but look at its cute fluffy tail. Right. I don't really <laughs> want to do this. Um, and so it's a, it's a nice like moment of, of, of conflict, but it's inside you yeah. the whole time. I really like that. That's really cool. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay. So, what are the types of characters then that people can make in this game? So there are a variety of archetypes um, for the uh, for the the, uh, the characters that you can play, mm-hmm. and so I have uh, basically like the the different ones that there are. They're human roles and beast archetypes. Mm-hmm. So there's like two different kinds that you can you can be. Oh, nice! Like you can mix them together to make into something different. Nice. Every player has a human character sheet and a beast character sheet. Mm-hmm. And as you advance, you can sometimes get more than one beast character sheet. Oh, wow. But your human identity always remains the one. Okay. And uh, the human roles are the beastborn, the heir, the late bloomer, the lover, the organizer, the overachiever, and the show-off. Okay. And the beasts are... A bear, a bison, a cougar, an otter, a raccoon, a raven, a snake, and a wolf. Nice. And um, whenever you start at character creation, um, you can have multiple diff- multiple people playing the same type of beast. Okay. Um, you can't have multiple people play the same type of human. Okay. Um, unless it's like later into the game and somebody cycles out and is replaced. Um, that makes sense. Through- through the process and uh the combinations of these like like a raccoon show off is like kind of the most ridiculous thing <laughs> but we've had cougar late bloomers and we've had uh raven beastborn mm-hmm. and all of them interact with each other a little bit differently and create different tones of character and different priorities um and th- they all have their own literal actual goals that you achieve to advance in game. Right. And um, those change the the tonal approach of the character to a given situation a lot of the time. Oh, nice. That's very cool. Uh, it it seems uh, a little evocative of uh, uh, Powered by the Apocalypse influence. Um, so, kind of? Kind of. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it, it's, it's like a... Because I know Powered by the Apocalypse, they have the unique playbooks um, that you can only have one of the playbooks in play mm-hmm. at a time. 
um, at least to start off with. And then um, you've got the the mixed successes um yeah and and all that sort of stuff but um i i really like the 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 unique like feel of what you're describing about the system it's really cool thank you it's actually destructive design of um a couple of different bits of different apocalypse like powered by the apocalypse games mm-hmm. and a bunch of my own design um like the playbooks like People call them playbooks, but to me, they're just character sheets. Yes. Um, those I didn't do based on Apocalypse World, weirdly enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did totally borrow the, you know, seven to nine scale. Yeah. Because it's convenient. It is. But I don't have the same success rate mm-hmm. because of the way that you have to add things together and the option for the turn die. Yeah. Um, so it's a little different, but it's got the... It's got the feel there. Yeah, it, it seems like if you're coming from a powered by the apocalypse background, it should be pretty easy to to grasp uh, the concepts of, of this sort of game, which is really cool. Yeah, my biggest suggestion is to not try to play it like a powered by the apocalypse no. game. Yeah, that that does sound because <laughs> <laughs> the tone does not mix <laughs> no. like really at all, and it's gone kind of like uh really awkward really fast with people playing it like. Uh, powered by the apocalypse uh-huh. game so yeah i can understand definitely it. has some of the roots there um but uh it's totally very different and the 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 character sheets are i really i really like them the ones that uh my layout artist and husband john w sheldon did mm-hmm. um actually connect together um oh. whenever you uh put a slit in the sides they just come together as like one piece that's awesome it's very nice <laughs> <laughs> So briefly, can we go over the steps that the player has to take to create characters in this game? Yes, sure. So one thing is, uh, even in the beta right now, we have a first session step-by-step that takes you through the whole process. Mm -hmm. Um, And the first thing you do is you talk about script change. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's essential, actually, to like character creation, because script change can be used in any part of game. Okay. Uh, for turn that that's a pretty clear rule that I have for it and that includes like mechanical consequences if it's going to ruin the game for you you can rewind that mm. and whenever you're creating characters if somebody wants to include something in a backstory mm. or something like that you can be like hey rewind I don't really don't want to have that in the game right um and this isn't to stifle anyone's creativity mm-hmm. it really is to make sure that we have a safe environment yes. and pushes us to do things maybe that are different than what we would default to. Yeah. Um, I think we covered script change on our safety episode of Character Evolution Cast uh, not too long ago. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah, it's uh, we are definitely proponents of safety at the table here at Character Creation Cast. Um, so I, I really love seeing developers include that in the base game, saying, hey, this isn't an option. Yeah. Be, be safe. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and I... I I think that that's like essential whenever you're creating a game, like creating characters, there's like so much opportunity for people to be like, and here's this like, you know, kind of scary thing in my background. Yeah. And sometimes it's fine and sometimes it's not. So mm-hmm. um, that's the first part is making sure everybody is familiar with that so that as you're building, people can be like, hey, you know, let's let's like fast forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can even use it for pacing. Like if people are like waffling for a really long time, mm-hmm. um, we've been like, hey, let's fast forward to the next part and come back to that later or something mm-hmm. like that. 
it works really well. Cool. But then, uh, after some like brief like discussion about the it, the uh, the way the mechanics work, you will get to look at the sheets and uh, the 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 like. The biggest part is that we do town building first. Yes. And town building is a step by step process, basically, mm-hmm. um, where you add elements to a map of the town, and it's a map of the identity of the town. So it has themes, and then the bloodlines in the town, and then locations and events, and they're all kind of paced out in how relevant they are to the town okay. and what they mean. Okay. And it's it's a really important part of the process yeah. because all of your characters come from these bloodlines mm-hmm. um, that you establish. And it can help you kind of establish your place in the town. Like who, who are you? And like, what you, what matters to you? Uh, what themes are you related to? Yeah. Like wealth or poverty or, you know, legacy and stuff like that. Oh, very cool. So um, you do the town building and then everyone uh, gets to uh, read the character sheet descriptions. Like we take turns reading it around the table mm-hmm. and you do the human side first and you do basically the, you choose your human role first mm-hmm. and fill out some of the basic information. Okay. Which is like basically their name, their pronouns, and uh, you choose your bloodline. Okay. And then you will, after that, uh, swap over and look at the beast archetypes. Mm-hmm. And everybody reads like the little descriptors for them. And then you choose your beast archetype. Okay. And after you've done that, then you fill out um, like the secondary powers for the beasts that you get to choose and the uh, questions that you do for the human roles, which are about your identity and your background. Okay. Um, and some of these are unique to the specific role. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are the same for everyone. Okay. That makes sense. And, and uh, then you do um, the one stat adjustment that you get to do. Mm-hmm. And it's very small. <laughs> it's add one, add one point to one thing, um, and then uh, after that, you do relationships, okay? Uh, which are the um, NPC relationships, NPC relationships that you have, and the PC relationships are mostly narrative and to connect you and like yeah. give you identification with each other mm-hmm. um, because you all know each other at the start, yeah. Um, and then. The NPC relationships relate to your exposure tracks, which is how much someone knows that you are a shifter, basically. Interesting. Um, It's very exciting. (laughs) It can get really intense. Um, That's the only part of the game that ever, to me, feels like really like stressful. Yeah. um, And like panicky kind of is the the fact that if your exposure tracks get near the max, that means that person's going to be known like really soon. Yeah. That you are a shapeshifter Ooh. and the reaction like that's resolved with a like a dice roll combined with your accumulated positive and negative exposure because exposures can be good or bad. Yeah. Maybe they're happy that you lifted that car off of them whenever you were being beastie. <laughs> uh, maybe they're really mad that you bared your teeth at them in public. Yeah. You know, you never know. Uh, so those things add up. And um, that's what the relationships are for, is to give you NPCs who can find out who you are, both in positive and negative ways. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, the, the NPC building is always really fun because mm-hmm. people get to like it, it gives the, the players a direct connection to the people in the town. Yeah. And uh, they get to like name the people and give them like 
kind of a description of who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, the GM will, uh, as the town manager is what we call them, they get to add secrets to them. Because everyone has a secret in yeah. there. So that's, so that's something only known to the the town manager, the GM of the game? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. They, they get to have everyone's secrets. And <laughs> uh, every time a new character comes up, like any new NPC, they immediately like create a secret for them. Oh, cool. Is um, how, how it works. And that's like, it's created some really fun, like behaviors and stuff like that mm-hmm. by NPCs. Like whenever they have some sort of motivation, it makes a total big difference. Oh, yeah. I love that that they're fleshed out uh, more than just flat NPCs that you'll encounter along the way. I love that. Yeah, the uh, the NPCs created by the players get whatever the the players create, and then um, the GM town manager role. Like the town manager can create some of the additional stuff, but they always create a secret. Yeah. Um, and for any created just by the town manager. They'll include um, like a fear and a desire mm-hmm. and something everybody knows Ooh. about them. That's really cool. Uh, yeah, it was. A, I love creating NPCs. Yeah, I'm such a sucker for it. <laughs> so that's that's why you get to create NPCs as part of character building yeah. is because I love creating NPCs. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's actually the the most of the process. Like, nice. um, it's a really actually simple concept yeah. of things there's just a couple of fiddly steps and lots of answering questions yeah uh, i i'm a sucker for uh answering questions to flesh out the world and and your characters during character creation so this sounds totally up my alley speaking of the world yes uh part of building the game and the and the town building and everything is the discovering turn questionnaire mm-hmm. which you ask when you start play mm. um there's a series of questions about how shapeshifters work okay and everything and then you also, whenever someone uh, changes form for the first time, yeah. and whenever someone is risk exposure for the first time, you answer these questions. And those can influence people's play a lot. Like how it feels when you turn is one of the questions Ooh. that you answer. And like why people can't leave town okay. is also a part of that. Oh, wow. um, because that's a that's a part of the rule is you can't really leave town for extended periods of time yeah. uh, as shapeshifters. Oh, very and cool. Yeah, it's we've had some really fun answers to that question. Yeah. I, I love the player agency that you've included in this. It's very cool. Player agency is like really like super important for me. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually the there's a a big history in shapeshifter lore that whenever like they turn, they like lose control. Mm-hmm. Um, and while if you get stressed out, like you max out your stress, you can be like your body can be forced to turn mm-hmm. into the other form. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happens both into human form and into beast form. Cool. Um, when that happens, you don't lose control. Mm-hmm. Um, you always have like full agency and you can, you're the only one who can give consent for certain things in the game. Right. Um, because I think that losing control abdicates of, of our responsibility mm-hmm. and it also violates our consent. Yes. So I have a like strict rule that no, you decide what you do. Mm-hmm. You make that choice. And it extends all the way into violence. Like, in the violence in the game, you define what happens. Yeah. Uh, in, like, most situations, you get full authority on what happens there. Oh, very nice. So, yeah. I love it. Awesome. Um, so, then, is there anything else interesting from the Kickstarter you'd like to highlight? Um, especially things related to character creation, but it doesn't have to. 
Oh, let's see. So uh, something important related to character creation is all of our stretch goals are going to come along with new or um, adjusted roles and archetypes. Mm -hmm. Um, So that will mean more beast options, more human options Mm -hmm. to play with. Um, In the the stretch goals that we have right now, we have uh, one for a Mormon community Mm -hmm. by Anders Smith. And um, so that's going to explore... Uh, like a desert town okay. Uh, uh, with a Mormon community, but kind of exploring different types of characters that you'd play in a situation like that. Cause like Mormon culture is very different. Yeah. Um, and uh, in the, um, in the Italian collection that we have that we're working on for Italian towns, there will also be more roles and archetypes. Mm-hmm. And um, they're going to be approaching it from a social isolation uh, perspective rather than a physical isolation, like geographical isolation right. um, for the towns. So that will change maybe some of the goals and priorities mm-hmm. of the characters and stuff in character creation. Oh, cool. And I'm looking forward to seeing how we can make, you know, the the other groups, you know, mix with ours. Um, and we, we even actually, we have uh, we have someone doing German towns. That's Garrett, uh, Garrett, Running house. Mm-hmm. I always say his name wrong. <laughs> um, and Jay Foster doing the UK okay. with a small seaside town. Nice. Um, and McGay Baker Ooh. has, uh, yeah, <laughs> speaking of apocalypse well, world, yeah. <laughs> uh, McGay has signed on and has some really cool ideas for uh, some of the characters that, um, like for the character sheets that she wants to create. Oh, wow. Um, and I'm really excited to see those. Yeah. Uh, because it was important to me that that was part of the expansion whenever we do new towns. Because, like, all the different towns are going to be different. Yeah. And so, like, it's not just going to be, like, here you get a, a new town. But you get a town and the people in it mm-hmm. to play. Um, and so, a- as far as character creation goes, there's going to be a lot more options nice. uh, if we fund all of our stretch goals. Excellent. I really like that. So, get on it, people. <laughs> <laughs> No, I am super excited for this game, um, and I, I will include the link to the Kickstarter in our show notes, so if anybody wants to check it out, uh, just go to our show notes and go and follow that link. Um, and when does the Kickstarter end? The Kickstarter ends November 30th. 2018, if you're listening in the future. <laughs> yes, yes, November 30th, 2018. Um, and we have, we still have some of the, uh, custom town levels where I work with you, um, as a backer to make a custom town for you available. Um, and, uh, there's our bison level, which is if you buy that level of the backer, like if you back it that level, it also gets a copy for a marginalized member of the community, um, that I'll be, uh, identifying people and giving out after the Kickstarter and publishing is done. That's very nice. Um. So those are really important to me, especially the community copy as the bison. Like I really wanted to give the opportunity for people who couldn't afford my game to get a copy of it. And um, people have really embraced it. And that makes me very happy. I love that. That's very cool. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me to talk about Turnberry. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited. Yeah. Could you remind everyone uh, the things that you're working on and where they can find you online? Sure. Um, so I work um, primarily out of Breecs.com. Mm-hmm. That's B-R-I-E-C-S.com. 
That is Thoughty, where I do interviews, uh, game design talk, and game design. And um, where I recently have posted some articles about turn mm-hmm. that people might find interesting as well. Nice. And I'm doing a stretch goal for Oren, uh, where I'm doing an antagonistic world. Um, very excited about cool. that. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Thoughty Games. Okay. And I'm also on G+, even though it's going to die, <laughs> uh, <laughs> as Bree Sheldon. And um, I'm on Mastodon under Dice Camp as Bree CS. Okay. So um, I'm pretty easy to find. Yeah. I'm pretty prolific. <laughs> and I'm, I'm always working on a bunch of stuff. But uh, right now, Turn is... Um, Turn has been taking up a lot of my time, so I'm hoping that um, I can actually work on design on it again mm-hmm. soon, because that, that, that's, like, the really fun part. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, as, as I promised on another podcast, if we reach the, if we, if we get lucky enough to hit 20,000 in the next, like, 14 days mm-hmm. on the Kickstarter, I have a special, uh, a special goal that I made of my own for the Kickstarter mm-hmm. that I would like to release very nice. so and it's my own game design so I, i'm hoping that like people will you know check it out and enjoy it yeah 100 percent. this sounds like a really unique system and uh a, a system where you can create some really unique people so um definitely check it out people thank you so much yeah. well and thank you so much for joining me for this special bonus episode of character creation spotlight and thanks everyone that's listening for tuning in Character Creation Spotlight, like Character Creation Cast, is a production of the One Shot Podcast Network and can be found online at www.charactercreationcast.com. Head to the website to get more information on our hosts and guests, or even find some of our character sheets. Character Creation Cast can be found on Twitter at CreationCast. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Bolter, and I can be found on Twitter at Lord Neptune. Our other host, Amelia Antrim, can be found on Twitter at Ginger Reckoning. Music for this episode is used with a Creative Commons license or with permission from the podcast it originated from. Further information can be found within the show notes. This episode was edited by Ryan Bolter. Further information for the game systems used and today's guests can also be found in the show notes. Thanks for joining us, and remember, we find that the best part of any role-playing game is character creation. So go out there and create some amazing people. We will see you next time. Now we gotta read some show blurbs. Show blurbs. Show blurbs. Show blurbs. Show blurbs. Character Creation Cast is hosted by the One Shot Podcast Network. If you enjoyed our show, visit oneshotpodcast.com, where you'll find other great shows like System Mastery. System Mastery is a delightful stroll through the history of role-playing games. Except the games are terrible, and the hosts are real jerks about everything. 
Join hosts Jeff and John as they explore the weirdest games ever made to talk about what worked, what went wrong, and which Silverhawk was the best. It was Hot Wing, don't even add us. Find their shows at systemmasterypodcast.com or oneshotpodcast.com. Finally. In the universe of Star Wall Odyssey, space is made out of the collective imaginations of all the thinking beings who live on various planets. These worlds are connected to each other through imagination. Common themes and ideas are strings between universes. And to get between them, people fly wooden ships that look like animals, which are powered by emotions. Also, people communicate with each other by contemplating orbs. The only way you can take pictures is getting stared at by a big psychic bug. And people have already declared victory in a war over the very concept of evil. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Starwall Odyssey follows the adventures of the hapless inhabitants of the Lucky Finn Tenement Building, who suddenly find that their apartment is actually a spaceship, and that they're lost in a sea of boundless imagination. It's an actual play starring me, James D'Amato, Mel D'Amato, Ali Grauer, and Drew Merzieski, as we playtest the No Kings system, which will hopefully one day be the Skyjacks role-playing system. It toes the line between weird and wonderful slice of life and high-flying space fantasy. You can sample the first five episodes by searching for Star Wall Odyssey on your favorite podcast app, or get the whole thing by heading to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast and signing up for $5 a month or more.